0: This is Bee Hoop Travels, the podcast. Hey, everybody, this is podcast number three of this season. Today, I'm going to be discussing Fiji. Um, I just realized that I hadn't talked about Fiji, which was a trip that my wife and I took last July in celebration of her birthday. Uh, it was a milestone birthday so we went really big with it, Um, of course, as we should on a milestone birthday. But I I have to admit, it was probably one of my favorite trips. I mean, I don't necessarily have any bad trips. There's some places. There's only one place that I didn't that we've been that I didn't really care so much about, which was Cartagena. But I'm going to talk about that another time. I keep saying that I'm going to talk about Cartagena and I have not. But. We're talking about Fiji today. So Fiji happened right before our trip to Vanuatu, um, which I've written about. Um, I haven't uh, actually done a podcast, so I, I will do a separate podcast regarding Vanuatu. Uh, if you're not familiar with Vanuatu, it is an island uh, in the South Pacific. It's about two hours away from Fiji by plane. It's 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 a place that you probably have never heard of. I didn't really learn about Vanuatu until uh, I saw Air Vanuatu at the airport in Sydney, Australia. And then from that point, I started to pique this interest in it. But anyway, it's it's this tropical island nation, but we're not talking about Vanuatu. So I feel like I'm starting to rant about Vanuatu, and that's not my intention. But yeah. A Vanuatu podcast will come up and then also on my substack uh, if any of you folks are on substack I have a, a essay about our Vanuatu experience and which brings up something I probably should tell you is that I do have a substack platform or I do have an account on the substack platform and it's essentially a, a platform for writers there are a number of accomplished and unaccomplished, if you will, writers who uh, share their thoughts and musings about this thing and that thing. And it's free. And there are some folks, I believe, that you have to pay for or I think you get so many. You can subscribe to so many accounts for free and then there's a threshold. And then after that threshold you have to pay. But Feel free to check me out. I'm Brian, the travel writer on Substack, and I have a couple of essays on there so far. Um, but really, my my essays are a slight departure from what I talk about here or what I've been talking about here. And I'm trying to make the content on p- the podcast in alignment really with the, the, the tone and the style um, of of what I'm doing on Substack, which is really to talk about the emotional core of all of these experiences. You know, share share with you my my thoughts and react reactions and my my you know deeper musings, if you will, about these trips that I've been on throughout my life. Um, and again, I mentioned previously a couple podcasts ago is that i'm trying to shift what i'm doing here on the podcast where i'm talking more not necessarily about all the practical stuff which is very very helpful and we all need to know uh we all need to not gatekeep about information that we have about travel um just so i mean i think we can make the travel landscape better for everybody so that we have uh we can be fully informed about making decisions about where we go and how we go. So how we do it, excuse me. So anyway, uh, before we get into Fiji um, I always like to kind of catch up and let everybody know what's going on in my life. Uh, It is May, today's May the 15th. I am toward the end of the quarter for my MFA program um, this is a shorter quarter, so it feels a lot more intense than the other two quarters. And admittedly, I'm a little bit behind on some things, but I plan to rock that out this week and uh, just burning a lot of the proverbial midnight oil for real because I got some stuff that's due. But I'm very excited. I'm very, very, very excited about some of the work that I'm doing. Um, in particular, some of my fiction stuff, which. Uh, I, I'm really at this point where it doesn't feel so abstract and these characters and these stories feel very real and they're very vivid and and I don't stop thinking about them. I'm constantly thinking about this world that I created and analyzing uh, the characters and what they're doing and why they're doing it and, you know, why... I may have written one thing about a character and what that means. And anyway, so there's a a lot of cerebral stuff going on with this novel that I'm working on. And I even have a name for it. I'm not going to share the name because I don't want to. I'm trying to do better about talking about stuff that's not entirely done. But um, although I just kind of talk to you about something that's not entirely done, but I think you get the gist. And then I have a screenplay and I'm still honing my screenplay abilities, which is slightly different than fiction writing, which is something I've been doing for quite some time. Um, So that, that obviously comes to me a lot more naturally than screenwriting. I've never really done a bunch of screen screenplay writing. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm in school and I'm, I'm getting the instruction and I'm getting my, my great exceptional <clears throat> instruction from a very accomplished and talented TV writer um, of many, many years. So I'm, I'm grateful to be in this space and I'm encouraged about my progress and all the things that I'm learning. So there's that, and that's taking up a lot of time. And then I have, you know, the jobs that pay the bills. Um, and again, I, I cannot wait for the day where I'm able to talk about how I don't have to do those kind of jobs, and I can make all the money that I want, <laughs> theoretically, off of doing, you know, being a creative person. But that day's coming. I can see it. I, I can. I can feel it. And then also, I am a travel advisor. I shared that with you all couple of podcasts ago through a travel agency called Fora, uh, which a travel advisor is essentially this kind of newfangled idea for what uh, what a travel agent used to be. So it's kind of this evolved concept of what um, a, a travel agent is. So, I mean, I think you could even use these terms interchangeably, but I, I would describe a travel advisor um, Particularly with the firm that I'm with, as a professional that's able to help clients book trips, but also curate experiences, being able to use partnerships and relationships with hotel brands to bring back perks and, and freebies to our clients. And then also to provide a service. Some people like service. What I'm learning is that I have clients that are very busy, I have clients that are professionals. And they're working 60, 70, maybe even 80 hours a week. And they simply don't have time to scour the Internet, um, although they would if they had time and they're capable of doing it because um, they're well-traveled folks with, with great uh, what I call travel taste. They know what they're doing, but they want to leave it in someone else's hands. And they want to leave it in the hands of a person that is experienced and enthusiastic and well-traveled as well. Um, so I, I think I meet that uh, standard. I feel pretty good about meeting that standard. And and yeah, I, I realize that people just want service sometimes, you know, and they'll pay for service. They'll pay for good service. And and that's what I'm here to do. So if, if you want to talk to me about putting together a trip or an experience. I'd love to talk to you about what I would be able to do for you. And hopefully I would be able to help you with your next experience. So I have that going on. And then this summer, we're trying to figure out where and what we're going to do. I know that we're headed out to the desert, Palm Springs. This will be like our I don't know, third or fourth time going to Palm Springs, but I go out there for the writing residency. That is a part of my program. And the school is actually located in Palm Desert, which is, you know, right by Palm Springs. But it's going to be hot is I don't know what. I'm not looking forward to the oppressive uh, slap you in the face disrespectful type of heat that we will be encountering soon. So we're talking like 113, 115, 117 degrees. And the only way that I can explain it to somebody who's never done it before, experienced it before, is it's like the if someone took a hairdryer and just put it in your face, right? And they just blew this hair dryer, and you're just feeling, you know, puffs of super hot air, making contact with your face that's what it feels like and the only real relief that you have is just staying in the ac so you try to stay in the ac uh, as much as you can and the pool we stay at a really nice resort it's a fabulous resort in palm desert and the pool there about five o'clock four o'clock in the day the pool becomes like this like tepid like lukewarm bath situation, which feels very gross, might I add. If you're wondering what that feels like, I can tell you it feels gross. Uh, but yeah, by that time, but there's there's no way to prevent that from happening, um, just because it's so it's so hot. But I, I love the the rugged the rugged aesthetic, the rugged desert aesthetic of Palm Springs. Palm Springs has some. Incredible restaurants beautifully uh, appointed if you will, restaurants with good food. most of the food that i 've encountered there has been pretty good, and there 's a lot of stuff to do out there, so it 's always a good time in palm springs and in fact i 'll need to do some sort of maybe podcast that 's just about palm springs and so we 're starting to to understand it a lot better and then also they have this very famous and renowned um, discount outlet, excuse me, and it has all these, you know, high brand, high end, high brand. I don't know if that's what they call it, but designer designer labels have a presence. These Italian and French super expensive designer labels have a presence in this discount outlet. I don't know if they even like to call themselves – I don't know if a Prada outlet store would be called a discount outlet. I don't know if that sounds – sounds like I'm talking about a bargain basement at, you know, Ross or something, and it's not exactly that. But <clears> – <throat> but and also, but I heard they sell designer stuff at Ross too. But anyway, um, I, I I digress. But it's there's – a, there's a lot to do out there, and that's a real uh, – I think, viable travel choice, especially if you're planning on vacationing in Southern California. If you're coming out to L.A., you would want to spend in the spring or in the winter. You would want to, or fall. I would avoid the summer. But you would want to come out to Palm Springs. Uh, but in the winter, it's it's great. Um, it's still warm. I think you can still, you could still maybe go to the pool at some... If, it would make sense to go to the pool at some parts uh, of the day during the warmer parts of the day. So we're gearing up for that. And then we are going to Vegas. We had planned a trip to Vegas and it turns out that uh, Beyonce will be performing in Vegas at that time. So my wife secured tickets. So we'll be uh, hanging out in Vegas and we like Vegas. I think everybody likes Vegas and then we will have the, the concert to attend as well. So anyway, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, and where I'm at, um, I'm trying to create and maintain healthy lifestyle patterns, which can be a real challenge when you're doing, um, as many things that I'm doing, but, I kind of, I believe that I don't beat myself up about not meeting these goals. But what I try to do is to be very mindful about moving forward. Um, the next day is this new opportunity to start, you know, get ba- either getting back on track or starting a new sort of regimen. So... <clears throat> and, then, and that goes not only for like your physical, your physical health, but also your mental well-being, which is just as important. But let's talk about Fiji. You know, I was trying to think of something funny to say or something uh, Symbolic of Fiji that people might recognize. I can't really think of anything, but one thing that they say a lot is bula, which is hello, or it's a salutation. It's a greeting. Um, I think the word is even written on the air Fiji plane, um, Fiji Airways plane. Uh, But yeah, it's something that people say a lot. So I I submit to you again, bula, bula, everybody. Uh, But, Fiji, very, very, it's warm, um, and I'm talking about the climate, but also the people, I can't rave on more about the, the, the kindness of the people. Everybody there was just so kind and so nice, and I realized that we were staying at a resort and... Their whole job is to be nice. And I think that we even benefited from this kind of enthusiasm, this specific enthusiasm related to the fact that the resort had only been open for a little while. Uh, it had only been reopened for a little while, maybe a couple of months. So people were just very excited to, one, be working again, and 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 two, you know, getting that paycheck, okay? And I think they were just excited about being at work and seeing guests because they probably hadn't seen foreigners. Um, not that they were, you know, I guess in, like, desperate need of seeing foreigners, but it might have been... Refreshing to see people come and visit their country, and then to also know that people were coming into their country and and creating helping sustain the economy, which is like a tourist tourist based economy. So we flew out of l a and I believe there are very few American um airlines. That fly to Fiji. So we flew out of LAX. I, I loved that it was a it was like a midnight flight. So you, you leave LA at midnight, but you get to Fiji at five in the morning the next day, right? Or six in the morning, something like that. So what I'm saying, we left on a Thursday at midnight, like it had just turned Thursday, and we got to Fiji. At the sun was just rising when we arrived in Nadi, Nandi, not N, not Nadi, Nandi. It's spelled N A D I, so that's why I said Nadi but it's Nandi, but we arrived and it was, the sun was rising, it was about five thirty, six a.m. in the morning and it was Saturday, okay? So you hear what I said? So we left Thursday, right, at the very beginning of Thursday and we got to Fiji Saturday morning at five thirty, six 6 o'clock in the morning. So that tells you that we've crossed the international date line and you actually, Lose a day, so we left Thursday. We got there Friday. Um, I think it's like a eleven or twelve hour flight. I don't remember. I mean, I guess I could do the math based on what I just said, but yeah. So, but the the it's not it's not too brutal because you're you're getting on the plane kind of at bedtime, and then you're arriving in Fiji in the morning. So it's kind of like you just went to sleep and you woke up the next day type of thing, but you don't realize it's the next day until you get there. And you're like, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's Saturday. It's not Friday. It's Saturday. So you do lose that day, but it wasn't something that you feel right. There wasn't a lot of jet lag associated with, because it doesn't feel like there's been this huge passage of time. Although there's been a major passage of time at the, at the same time. So, Fiji, the flight was, excuse me, the flight was fine. Um, I wasn't sort of overwhelmed with Fiji Airways. Uh, The food wasn't so great. (laughs) Um, You know, note to self or note suggestion to folks. Pardon me. I had, uh, I record on my phone and I got a phone call. So it kind of knocked me offline, but yeah, get some snacks y'all. If you're going to be on a plane for that long, you know, 10, 12 plus hours, cause you never know. You never know what the food's going to be like, even if you've flown with a particular airline before the food thing can be tricky. So make sure that you bring snacks. And of course we had some snacks and, uh, I don't remember. Maybe we even like had some food or no, we actually ate before we got on the plane. So we had a meal before we got on the plane. So yeah, so uh, we stayed. So the, the hotel that we stayed at, which was fantastic. It's another thing that I can't stop raving about. I think my wife would agree with me. It's probably the best, the singular best hotel experience that we've had. We stayed at the Marriott Momi Bay, which is going to be about an hour outside of Nadi. Now, Nadi, if I understand correctly, you know what? Strike that because I don't know. So I don't want to say something that I don't know. I just had a thought. But the hotels, these resorts, these are mega resorts that are in Fiji and they're just kind of spread all over the island, um, particularly in this Part of the island is I think, where you find um the bulk of these hotels, particularly the corporate american corporate owned sort of chain hotel thing. so we did stay at a Marriott um took about an hour uh, we had a cab take us and and it wasn't like exorbitantly expensive um, Of course, it's always a trip because they they you know this is a country where they drive on the other side of the road on the, the the left side of the road so that's always kind of uh unnerving at first and then you know eventually you get used to it so yeah we had we had a uh, driver his name was Ratu who actually ended up being our driver the entire time we were there um, and he was a very kind very sweet man who even promised to cook food for us and bring it to us on our last day Uh, because we actually ended up leaving Fiji, going to Vanuatu, coming back to Fiji to go back to California. But yeah, really, really nice guy. And we got to talk to him and learn a little about, you know, what it means to be Fijian. And I believe he was, there, there seemed to be, um, With respect to race um, and ethnicity, most people in Fiji are either sort of of Afro-descendant, which is an interesting conversation because when I did my research to sort of figure out where these people who look like me, like where do they come from, there are a lot of question marks and what we understand is that their ancestors were part of this migration from, from a long time ago during the, the era of Pangaea And they were explorers and made themselves out to this, left Africa, made themselves out to this part of the world. Um, but like I said, these look like African descendant folks that looked like my cousins and brothers and uncles and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool because you could see yourself um, whenever you were engaging with a lot of the Fijians. Um, and it was also cool because I had this conversation with this one brother who had waves. So, if, if you, some of you might know what I'm talking about, but uh, black men, a uh, fashion style, I guess, if you will. Or expression is to cut your hair low but not not bald right it's not a bald cut but what what you do is that sometimes your hair will wave naturally it'll create this kind of wave pattern or you can create your own waves you can get this um, product that will help you create the wave and then you can buy a brush um, to maintain the waves, so I had this like thirty minute conversation with this guy about you know his do rag, head on a do rag, and we're talking about do rags and waves and you know things that we do to our hair. So that was a that was a re- refreshing moment. Uh, it was a kind of a a moment where we could see the, the sameness even though we're divided by, you know, an ocean and we're so far, we live so far away, but there is some sort of sameness and we were able to speak about sort of a similar experience. And and like I said, that was a uh, precious moment, if you will. And, and you know, it just brought a smile to my face for sure. So, yeah, so, I mean, they they have... I don't know if y'all remember the jerry curl. We don't see too many jerry curls, but the jerry curl is al- alive and well in Fiji. Uh, I could smell the activator and the activator is the chemical used to keep the the hairstyle, I guess, wet and, and moist looking, if you will. Uh, but the, yeah, the jerry curl still there. And then there was kind of this Afro mullet. They had the, the, the young guys would cut their hair into like this. They would cut it low on the sides. And then it's, you know, kind of had like this stripe going down the center of their head to their neck. Right. And on the neck, the hair was thicker. So it was like this puff, but it looked like business in the front party in the back so that that was uh i'd never seen that before so i was talking to another guy about that look and he was saying it was kind of like the popular look so anyway everybody was just friendly and approachable at this property we made friends with people we knew people by names they even knew if you know we were late for breakfast or didn't come to breakfast or to a meal on a specific day they were asking about us and they touched us so much. And they helped me with Stephanie's birthday, but they touched us so much, uh, that, you know, we wanted to show them our appreciation for making our experience so special. So we made a a run to the ATM and took out some money and, and left everybody some money and, and, That last day that we had breakfast, I mean, we probably spent an hour just talking to everybody. Um, And of course, we talked to them throughout the the time that we were there, but just sitting down and talking with folks. And it it just felt like we had made this this connection and it felt genuine. It didn't feel, you know, like they were just being nice to get our money. Um, And I guess if that were the case, they did an exceptional job, but it, it felt very real. It felt very authentic. And, and it's just again, you, you won't forget it, you won't forget how these people made you feel, and you won't and because of that you won't forget how you felt at this resort uh, but again, the resort the grounds are fantastic. it is adjacent to the ocean, which is sort of a natural body of water, and then in the central part of the property, there's a bay um, where the bungalows they' different room types bungalows a casita and kind of like a standard hotel room it's kind of like in a building and like i said the bungalows are on the bay and you could go out in the bay but this is a man-made bay and then the bay connects to the ocean the natural body of water uh the food was for the most part pretty good i'm a breakfast person i i go i go up for a good breakfast I I love I love a good breakfast buffet. I love bacon. I love croissant. I love waffles. I love I'm kind of getting into scrambled eggs these days. I like scrambled. Egg. I like an omelet. Like they had it all. This this they had every station. And then because there was such a strong most people there were either Australian um or Japanese. So they had parts of the station. It was a an american breakfast for the most part but there were areas that they had sort of like special specialized food or um things that they knew that their other travelers would enjoy from other parts of the world especially when they make up the majority of the people that come there so you know you could get like rice fried rice in the morning if you wanted to um they had dumplings the dumplings were banging Yeah, so the breakfast, you know, I, 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 it was kind of eating the same food every day, but I didn't care. The coffee was good. The you could make a mimosa. They had mimosas ready. So yeah, it was it was probably one of my favorite breakfast buffet. I've been to some breakfast buffets like the ones at the Ritz, and it's like a little bit too bougie. And there's a little bit there's way too much going on there, and I don't really want to eat caviar. Um, I don't want to eat like, you know, it's just a little too like haute cuisine. Um, I just want regular, regular ass breakfast food and I want a lot of options, but it was, it was, it was great. And then in that particular space is where they would do lunch and dinner. And then they would always let you know what was going on. There were different theme nights there. And then there were two or three other restaurants on the property. I believe three other restaurants. And we, we went to the mall. Uh, one was an Italian sort of pizza-themed place, which was okay. It was probably my least favorite. I believe we went there once. Uh, the pizza was kind of flavorless and kind of thin. But you know, there they are different palettes. What I'm learning with respect to all foods and even pizza, you know, there's a there's a different palette for pizza, and people don't want you know pizza that's like super saucy and got all this cheese on it so it was a it was a i would classify it as like a conservative pizza it wasn't a rich tasting pizza but anyway i'm talking way too much about this pizza Uh, but also what i liked about the property is that you could you didn't have to walk it was a it was a massive property and they had people who would come to your room um in our case to our casita and they would come and pick you up and they were pretty good about being timely about that And you also needed to make reservations for a lot of these places. So uh, if you do choose to go, uh, just make sure when you first get there that you are booking your excursions that they offer or their classes. Just make sure that you book those things first, especially if you're going in the summer because it does get full and you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, And also we went to a kava ceremony, which is like a tribal experience, Uh, probably a very watered down version Because they don't want to share all their secrets with you, of course. You know, some of these things are sacred. But we had this kind of like watered down version of a kava ceremony. For some reason, the guy that was running it wanted to pick on me. So I was participating in the kava ceremony. But the kava is a, uh, this kind of elixir. This all-purpose elixir. And it can do a number of things. Um, Can do things for your blood pressure, your... Uh, libido um, it's got this like Viagra effect going on um, yeah I think it does something for your skin so anyway, it's got, it has a host of health benefits and it comes from the earth and it's part of this ceremony that they do in the tribal communities so we got to experience that and that's something that you can sign up for as well and it was a lot of fun and also informative um, <clears throat> excuse me oh there's feels like there's just so much to say we loved the room we had this spectacular room it was spacious it was modern it had one of those big oversized tubs in it just 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 fabulous great huge porch uh on on the back of the property and people that came to take care of the room did a fantastic job there's turn down service um saying um a lot i apologize i'm just i'm actually kind of working on something while i'm doing this but i just wanted to come on here and and talk to y'all and uh, put some content up but yes so with also with respect to excursions there there is a booth like a travel service area which is you know common at any big resort but they'll hook you up if you want to do excursions that are off property. We didn't choose to do any. We had we had big plans to do a number of excursions, but we fell in the love, we fell in the love. We fell in love with the idea of doing nothing. Right? We got there and we realized that this was a this was a special opportunity, you know. And and you know, I have a philosophy about how we have different kinds of vacations. And I think what we decided is that this was going to be a, a trip where we relaxed and frolicked and and moved at a snail's pace and didn't feel sort of pressure to create this ambitious uh, schedule. And And it's fine if you want to, because we've done that before. But we decided that we but I think it's because we love the property so much and we love that it. it was, you know, they had a great pool. And we had become quite social butterflies. So we had made friends with other couple. Other couples we met a, a couple from LA that we're still in contact with and we actually did a date night, double date night where we went to another town. Um, and they had gone to this Indian restaurant there. So we went and had Indian food and, you know, we got to know them better, which was a really over in dinner out, which is kind of a uh, I guess the most Americanized area, I think a lot of expats live over there, so it felt like you were going to like you know one of these uh work live and play community type deals in the United States so yeah, so the oh okay, so there's was it called the fish bar? I cannot remember the name of the restaurant, but there's a restaurant that has. Right there on the water, you get the most stunning, the most awe-inspiring sunsets here. So we made sure that we were at this particular restaurant with the adjacent pool. It had the infinity pool going on. And I felt like that's where most people hang out. There was another pool where they had kids. Um, so this was the adults only. So, so there was a, a hot tub with kind of like lukewarm water. Some people don't really get the purpose of a hot tub it was not hot but the pool was fantastic the views were fantastic and you're sort of looking over the ocean there and then they do a ceremony where um somebody comes out in like a tribal tribal costume and lights uh these tiki torches i believe and he's yelling bula and it's like this call and response and we say bula he says "Bula." Mm bula Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun over there. And then, like I said, there's a restaurant there as well. And I was able to, uh, for my wife's birthday, we had a private dinner on the water. So there was a, this kind of random table tucked away uh, on this cliff. And then you got, of course, the, the views of the cliff. And it's just very romantic. It's a very uh, sexy experience. And then we probably sat there for about an hour right at dusk. And then it gets dark fast. So we kind of wrap the meal up. But we had our own server, who was a real, real nice man. Very funny. And we got to talk to him and learn about who he was. And it was like, so we were very social, very, very social. In fact, I was kind of there were some days like, okay, I need to take a social break. So we took, took a break one day. We didn't make an appearance one day just because, you know, we had made so many friends and spent, you know, five, six, seven hours at the pool, which is something that we will do. We, we love a good beach and we love a good pool. So we don't have a problem with just, you know, uh, luxuriating by the pool and, and, by uh the beach, and that was primarily what we did. We did one excursion, which was so i felt like it was really overpriced. We did jet skiing and we went way out to uh, a sandbar and I fell off the jet ski twice <laughs> uh surprisingly i didn't panic because we were way out in the middle of nowhere, um, but way out in the ocean but uh, I think the the Man who was leading it got a little frustrated with me, uh, but I ended up trading jet skis with Steph because her something was wrong with the one that she got. So I was like, "Well, you take mine; I'll take the, the the messed up one." And she was right; it was something was wrong with the jet ski. It was difficult to manage, and it was hard to get on and off of it. So I was trying to explain it to the man that was leading um, our class or our our excursion if you will so he took us out there and brought us back uh one of our people that were on the excursion with us i don't know why they brought their wallet out there i i inadvertently brought my phone out there but there was a compartment inside of the jet ski for me to put my phone in but for some reason she took her phone off of the the jet ski and ended up losing like her wallet and think maybe like passport she had some stuff out there that she had no business bringing so we had that kind of moment of panic and you know obviously it sunk to the the deep dark depths of the earth so to never be retrieved which i kind of felt bad for her but anyway that was about a three hour excursion it was fun um i don't know how crazy i am about jet skiing um, but, and I don't know, I just think I'm getting kind of older and everything seems risky now. <laughs> um, you know, I feel very liberated in some ways or look for liberation, but then there's just some experiences that are supposed to be liberating and exhilarating and it just feels kind of stressful. So I don't, I don't know what's up with that, <coughs> but yes, the, 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 the property is fantastic. And if you're ever headed down to Fiji, I really suggest that you book um, there because we we really plan to go back. In fact, the couple that we met, the one that's uh, based out here in LA, they've already been back. They they It was maybe two months ago, they told us they were going back. So they went back to Fiji, stayed at the same resort. Uh, so that's just a testament of like how dope it is. It's 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 one of the few places that I can think of where I'm like, no, I want to go back. You know, most of the time I'm open to staying in a different hotel or going to a different part of a country. Um, no, this is this is I'm pretty sure that we need to go back to Fiji and we need to stay at that property because we want to experience that again. And, I, I, and I'm sure that we would. So we talked about the people. We talked about, I think I mentioned uh, what Fijians look like. And like I said, it's a mostly black and brown country. People are either um, Indian, and we know that the folks that are Indian, or, or they're a blend of black and Indian, but we know the folks that came from the reason that there's a big population of Indian folks is because they were brought here to be brought there rather to be indentured servants. So I didn't, I don't know how many white people I imagine. Well, over in dinner out at the, the, what I called it, the work, live and play community, uh, this little bubble, this kind of bubble of American white people, um, and European people live in this community. And then the lady that did Steph's photo shoot, which, came out you know incredible she was a french woman so uh so you know i guess you could call it you know a bit of a melting pot but by i said by and large it's a country of black and brown people who are tremendously kind what else i talked about the jet skis i talked about I think I talked about everything. This is not going to be as long as my normal podcast. Um, But Fiji is, um, you know, incredible. It's unforgettable. Getting there can be kind of expensive. But I didn't feel, once we were there, even at the, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tell y'all that lie. It's, it was expensive at the, the property that we stayed at. And the thing about these kind of resorts is that they're so far out and they're so remote and you don't have a car and there aren't any stores anywhere. But what ended up happening for us is that our driver took us to this other remote part of the island to do the photo shoot. And on the way back, we stopped at he asked us if we wanted to stop at a gas station to get gas station snacks and of course we did so it was cool to go into like this neighborhood it was like a corner store Um, everybody stared at us you know (laughs) we were on display Um, it was a kind it felt kind the staring felt like it was not staring at us in some sort of disgust, but uh, there was an obvious curiosity. Uh, they could tell that you know we weren't from around there. There was curious stare, and then there was also kind of this like warm, this warmness. We felt that we were welcomed into this space, um, and that they were happy that we were spending money there, you know, at the the very least. So we were able to get snacks. So we had a nice stash of snacks, but most of your food you're going to have to either get through room service or you're going to have to go to one of the the restaurants on site. And there's even a little, you know, store, which the prices were uh, ridiculous and exorbitant there as well. (laughs) But anyway, that's all I got for Fiji, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Perhaps it makes you want to go to Fiji um, because I think everybody should, if you can. And if you have any questions, like I said, don't hesitate to call me. Check me out. I'm on Instagram, Brian, the Travel Writer. You can find me there. You can find me. I have a Twitter presence. I'm I'm not. I haven't mastered Twitter. Um, I do have a TikTok account, but I don't have a Brian, the Travel Writer TikTok account. And I don't I for sure don't know what I'm doing on TikTok. So you don't want to see anything that I'm posting, but I do have a, a personal uh, TikTok account with like a few, a few uh, videos, maybe like four or five. But yeah, but don't forget my Substack, uh, Brian the Travel Writer uh, on the Substack platform, and you can find some of my essays. And again, I have intentions on building my space on that platform. But thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. <sharp inhale>